My name is Hassan Sorrells, and welcome to Earbud U. Uh, figured we'd start off by, like I said before, introducing myself, um, talking a little bit about what this podcast will be about. Um, you're going to notice a, an interesting little bit of difference in sound quality um, as I start to figure out um, how everything works here um, in the studio. You will know that there are a lot of ums. I do do a lot of ums. I don't script a lot. I don't write a lot of stuff down. I do try to speak from the heart, um, not from the head. I do try to speak without deliberation. However, when I'm interviewing, after you get past this initial intro and we go right into the interview, which I'll talk a little bit about that today, you will notice that I try to avoid ums as much as possible and let the guests speak for themselves. So this is episode one uh, of Earbud U, a division of Human Services Consulting and Training based out of um, Endicott, New York. Human Services Consulting and Training is a full-service um, conflict engagement consulting firm. Um, I started it back in January, no, December of 2012 at a time when I had just been... Um, well, not let go, but I just quit my job at Ithaca College and decided that entrepreneur, entrepreneurial pursuits were for me, and this is something that I wanted to do. This is not your average conflict engagement podcast. Um, I'm not going to sit here and talk to a whole lot of people from the conflict resolution uh, world and try to really convince you that this method of conflict resolution here or that method of conflict resolution there is really a good method or really a good way for you to go. Instead, I'm going to try something a little bit different. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm really going to focus on, with each and every podcast, bringing on a guest that can really talk about conflicts that they have in their lives, conflicts that they have in their industry. And sometimes we get to those, sometimes we don't, but really talk about you know who they are and talk about why they made the decisions that they make. Um, I love process. I'm a process-oriented guy. Uh, so the process of putting together this podcast was really very difficult, and the journey to putting this podcast together has been very difficult, has been trying at times. There have been a lot of starts and stops, but um, I'm sort of getting it together. My background is very simple. I have a master's degree in conflict resolution and reconciliation from Abilene Christian University in Abilene, Texas. Yes, it is an online master's. No, that does not mean that it is any less valuable than you know a sitting-in-person master's somewhere. It's actually really, in some cases, even more valuable. Um, the cohort that I went to Abilene Christian with and the cohort that um, a lot that influenced a lot of this program and a lot of my perspective on conflict resolution really helped me sort of develop as a person. And I still stay in contact with a lot of those people. So don't let anybody tell you that an online degree is invaluable. I have a background in higher education. Um, I was a residence director for many years at the University of Minnesota. And then, as I said, up the road at Ithaca College. And by the way, up the road, for those of you in upstate New York, means 45 minutes, you know, that way. So <laughs> if you're listening to this around the country or around the world, that won't mean anything to you. Go Google Map it. Anyway, so... I uh, I started my firm, like I said, in December 2012, and I decided that I was going to really sort of jump into this whole content creation business because I can't think of any other way for a consultant to make it in this world other than in developing content for everybody and also for a niche market, but also for everybody, you know. And we'll suss out more of that and more of my motivations as this podcast continues. Our guest for this first episode is a gentleman named Darren McDonald. Now, Darren McDonald is a very interesting guy. Um, he actually walked up to me, and I don't know if he remembers the story the same way that I do, but he actually walked up to me and introduced himself to me at a local networking event that I was at, and I did a presentation there, and uh, he found me to be dynamic and interesting and engaging, and we became friends, and we've been friends for about the last uh, two years. Friendship with Darren has been very interesting. You know, we play racquetball together. We've had coffee together. We've shared bits and pieces of the entrepreneurial journey. Um, Darren started out in a family business uh, in the bottled gas industry and has really sort of developed himself um, into a really genius e-commerce guy and a really genius web guy. And I, I like hanging out with guys who are smart uh, and, and women, too, uh, who are smart, who are interesting, who are exciting. I enjoy engaging with them about interesting and exciting things, and I want to continue to do that. So, yeah, that was why I had him you know, on my first episode. He's really high energy. You're going to hear that sort of come through 
in the nature of kind of how he talks and the nature of how he approaches um, how he approaches his entrepreneurial journey. And he'll talk a little bit about that. Um, there are a couple of stumbles as there are in anything out of the gate, anything that's in its infancy, which this podcast is definitely in its infancy. You'll notice as a lot, as you listen to a lot of the episodes and we'll have a different intro for each one of the episodes where I'll sort of talk for a little bit, maybe about five or six minutes. Um, this one's going to be a little extra long because it's the introductory one, but I'll talk for about four or five, six minutes and then we'll go right into the content of the show. But you'll notice a difference in sound quality between um, this intro and and then the rest of the rest of the podcast. Now, the reason for that is very simple. I don't have a whole lot of people to come into the studio. My studio is a converted garage. Uh, my wife, um, my current wife, uh, and my only wife, <laughs> um, converted her garage into a photography studio. And so I sit in this studio, and that's sort of why you hear the echo in the background. I sit in this studio, and I record the intros to my podcasts. But the majority of the time when I'm interviewing somebody, it's typically over Skype. Um, I do strongly recommend using this if that's something that you're getting into. Um, podcasting is something that you want to get into. And uh, if you want to have guests on but you can't invite them in, you know, Skype is a really good tool to use to sort of interview people. And the sound quality is really excellent. Um, as I've been editing things, I've been noticing that myself. Well, to move on. One of the names for this episode, or, or the name of this episode, is um, is hashtag building for the future. Now, that's my hashtag on Twitter. That's the hashtag if you follow us on EarbudU um, on Twitter. Um, and hashtag building for the future is sort of the motto that I built human services consulting and training around our parent company. I believe in the future. The future is coming whether we like to think about it or not. Um, you can't veto it. You can't uh, put it out to pasture. You can't destroy it. Well, you can try to destroy it. But either way, the sun is going to rise tomorrow and the sun is going to set tomorrow. That's the only guarantee that we have until we don't have that guarantee. But for right now, that's the only guarantee that we have. And so um, I think we should honor that and we should try to, well, you know, develop and work that, um, that philosophy into our lives. We should be building for the future. What is the one thing that you're doing every single day that is building for the future? When you get into a conflict, you're actually taking a brick out of that wall that you're building um, or that building that you're building or that edifice that you're building. And that could be in your family. That could be in the school. That could be in your church. Or it could be in all three of those places. So what are the conversations that I'm having that are building for the future? What is the content that I'm developing that's helping you build for the future, my listeners, my readers on my blog? Um, what are the kind of interactions that I'm having with my family that are helping me build for the future? That's where that hashtag comes from, and that's what that hashtag really means. So you got a little insight into who I, I am, and as I said, you know, there's there's 12 more of these episodes this year, and then there's going to be you know multiple episodes moving forward, but this is our first episode, so I don't want to overwhelm you with too much right off the bat. So um, let's lead into Darren McDonald. He's going to have a rousing intro, and um, I hope you enjoy the show. And thank you for listening. Hey there, and welcome to Earbud U. Get your knowledge on through earbuds. I am your host, Hassan Sorrells of Human Services Consulting and Training, based out of Endicott, New York. Now, we have a few announcements to make for our initial inaugural podcast, before we move forward. First off, to follow us, you want to check out our Twitter feed, at Earbud underscore you. We are also live on Instagram and putting out candid shots of today's interview. Check it out at Earbud U, all one word, and follow along using hashtag be part of the show. Great. Now on with it. Our special guest for our first show today is Darren McDonald, entrepreneur, investor, former IT executive, and owner of several shares of Quora.com. You, you do own Quora.com, right? I mean, like you own the whole the entire thing. Not as of yet. Not as of yet. Okay, he's working on it. He's working on it. Um, he's a good personal friend of ours, and we hope that through this interview, you'll learn something about conflict, conflict engagement. Um, you'll also learn something about poker, uh, Star Wars, and who would win in a fight between Yoda and Darth Sidious. Now, He's a huge supporter of both Earbud U and our parent company, Human Services Consulting and Training, has been since the beginning. Um, he's also from Maine, um, which apparently is, what's the motto of Maine? What's that Maine motto? 
Well, I like to think of it as vacation land. Vacation land. Okay, that's not the one that I got off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start off by um, by asking him a few questions. Um, and typically, you know, I would ask, you know, kind of what are you promoting? But, you know, we're not that kind of podcast. So <laughs> who are you and what do you do? Uh, well, Hazel, thank you for having me. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a business consultant. Okay. Uh, with my experience, uh, I've done a lot of work in e-commerce, um, having built a business from the ground up. Um, and that was actually for a packaged chemical gas company uh, where I eventually served as a vice president. Um, and uh, I have a lot of experience in finance, marketing, sales, um, purchasing, inventory control, um, pretty much all the different hats that we had in the business. I got to wear them all at one time or another. Hats um, or hacks? I thought, <laughs> I, thought I, heard, I thought I heard a life hack there. <laughs> Sometimes you have to hack your way through when you're wearing new hats, but uh, uh, 21 years I was in that business. Wow. and um, That is a long time. It was fantastic. And uh, we sold that business in 2008. Uh, I stayed on with the acquirer. They got acquired in 2009. I stayed on with the new acquirer. And in 2010, we parted ways. And uh, since then, I've been uh, consulting for a corporate governance firm called GMI Ratings. Um, and they provide investor services um, and uh, all sorts of research on companies. And yeah. I, I do all kinds of things for them. So, Well, that's, that sounds like something that... You know, not only my listeners will want to know who are traditional mediators, um, but also, you know, conflict engagement folks. But it also sounds like stuff that, you know, just in, in general people want to know um, because people come from all kinds of different backgrounds and do all sorts of all sorts of different stuff. So um, now GMI, the GMI ratings, right? Yes. Is that correct? Okay. Do they know you're doing this podcast? Uh, they don't. They don't. Okay. Well, we won't tell them. You know, it's, you know, <laughs> no one's listening. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> So that answers the question about what do you do exactly. Um, so now, with all of the businesses and all the different ways you've been sort of diversified across, I guess it'd be what, your 15-year career? Probably, 16-year career, something like that. Probably a little bit longer. You give me that look like, I don't know, how many years? Well, uh, 21 years was with uh, uh, the chemical gas company. Um, and uh, it's been uh, three years since then, so okay. yeah, we're, so, up to, we're getting up to twenty-five years. So we're getting up to twenty-five years. So I'm, I'm a decade behind, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you're catching up fast. Like, okay, all right, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, with all that experience and all those levels of differentiation, um, what are what are some conflicts? So let's get that out of the way right away. What are some conflicts that, that typically arise? Because I know, you know, you mentioned, you know, gas. Um, and you mentioned that it was a family business. Tell us about what it's like working with family. Sure, uh, working with family uh, is uh, is both uh, a, a pleasure at times and, and an extreme challenge. Um, when you have uh, when you when you don't have the ability to leave it at home, right? Um, it, it surfaces everywhere in your life. Right. And, uh, and uh, you better get that merger, or I'm going to cut you over the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and the other thing is that uh, you know the, the lines blur. So when right. you're when you're at work and um, and your boss uh, is your father, mm-hmm. um, you know you you take liberties that no one else would be allowed to have, right. and and you take enough of them, mm-hmm. and resentment can form, and right. arguments can inflare that don't even really relate to what's the underlying issues. And so it just takes really uh, making sure that you flush those things out as often as possible. That you. You, when, when everything's calm, you, you get together and say, listen, you know, this is what bothered me. This is what we need to work on. And if you can get to that level in a family business, you are heads and tails above all the issues that you might run into. And it took us a long time to get there. Uh, I grew up in the business like my father did. And, uh, and so we had, to, we had to work that out as we went. And, uh, and there were certainly arguments that got extremely heated and, and people walking out of meetings uh, and you have other coworkers. The, the Jerry Maguire walk out with the with the goldfish in the bag. Well, close to <laughs> close to it. Okay. Close to the goldfish is going with me. You know, fortunately, it would be a walkout so that it didn't get to that level. But um, but nevertheless, uh, finding the respect to um, keep it professional, and right. we got there, and that was what made it so enjoyable is getting to that level of respect where we understood, hey, listen, we don't go beyond this point. This is how we work on things, 
and that really enabled us to be a team. And I had a lot of uncles and cousins in the business, so there was a lot of that that needed to happen between all of us. Well, and how difficult is it when you when you have? And I see this with some of the some of the local businesses um, that I consult with, um, but also just having conversations with other small business owners, typically most of whom are family businesses. How difficult is it to kind of transform yourself into an adult in the midst of, you know, all these people knowing that, you know, you you hit your your brother upside the head with a stick when you were like five. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> you, you know, it's how, hard. that's got to be difficult. But to do that, you, you know, you, you, it's a, you know, for me, it was about earning people's respect. It's about right. putting in the hours. It's about having the work ethic. It's about having the high moral values that you want to have and bringing them to the workplace. And when you've brought anything but that to the workplace, that's just more work you're going to have to do to undo that. You know, when people see you get up and walk out of a meeting because things have become so heated. Yeah versus they see you throwing something across the table, yep. well, that's a start. You right. know, that's a start of taking some better action. And uh, I never threw anything across the table. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, I got I to gotta watch out. I got to watch out for your arms here. So <laughs> you got to watch out for the arms and hands. Keep them all inside the, inside the car at all times. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, one of my favorite shows, um, and I'm going I'm to switch gears slightly, I'm going to talk a little bit about process. I want to talk about that. Not necessarily conflict resolution processes, but just life hacks that you have. I did bring that up earlier. One of my favorite shows is um, on Crackle.com right now, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. I, I love the Jerry Seinfeld show because I, I am so enamored with the idea of getting up in front of people mm-hmm. and performing. And, you know, nine-tenths of those people in that room may hate you, absolutely hate you. And they, 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 they think you suck and they don't, they don't want to laugh. <laughs> but you get up and you do it anyway. You do it night after night yeah. until you have a hit show and you know, you know, you're coming on for Johnny Carson and, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, there's your life. Mm-hmm. So, Walk me through the process of Darren McDonald's day. Like, what's the, what is what does Darren McDonald's day look like now that you're no longer in the family business? Sure. Uh, so I've got a I've got a home office, mm-hmm. and uh, I, first thing in the morning, I'm usually getting a, an exercise routine done, uh, which is great for getting my energy going. And is that the uh, tennis? No, it can be tennis, but... Because I drive past the tennis courts and I see you in the morning, you know, going back and forth. Yeah, in the summertime you would. <laughs> yeah. In the summertime you would. But, uh, no, we've got a, I've got a home gym, mm-hmm. so I, I work out at home. Uh, and then, uh, you know, by 7.30, I'm usually in the office. And um, uh, working for GMI, uh, I, I'm using a, a tool called FileMaker. It's a okay. database uh, management tool. Yeah. And I'm connecting uh, through a VPN to their network. Okay. And I'm accessing all their data, and I'm right now I'm on a project where I'm pulling in about a hundred thousand data points uh, uh, that we're pulling in for UK and Australian companies that have had their annual general meeting, and uh, they've had to vote on usually a slate of about 20, 25 proposals. Okay. That generates about five votes per proposal, and that 25 is about 500 companies for UK, 500 companies for yeah. Australia. So it's about 1,000 companies. So again, about 100,000 data points. Okay. I'm importing all that data into their system. I'm making sure that it goes in smoothly. I'm doing a lot of manual editing of the data to make sure it's uh, just the way they want it. Okay. And that's all getting uh, pulled into their system so that they can use it for um, pushing out to their clients. And they, right. they do ratings analysis on these companies. They do... Um, they have algorithms that score okay. uh, information that's going in, okay. and so um, I'm pretty much all day doing that. How do you work with with distributed teams? Because as a consultant, you're coming in as an independent person, saying, or or even you know showing them, hey, these are the data points, these are the things that I see. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> do with this what you will. Yeah, we communicate well with each other. I have. Uh... And he just and he just dropped his phone. You know, this is why this is why you have podcasts. You know, they go live. Oh, that was that, that's your wife calling. She doesn't like it that you dropped your phone. That's terrible. You can't you can't, you can't drop your phone. <laughs> We're live. Dog on it. We work really well together <laughs> in distributed teams because yes. uh, I work with several team leaders, uh, yeah. and they. Um, they, they are always keeping me abreast of anything that's coming down the pipe that's going to affect my work, and I'm always cluing them into anything that's going on. So we have um, a live chat program that we can use. Um, I'm emailing them on a regular basis. I've got a, uh, a person out in California who's uh, project managing, and okay. I'm sending him updates on a weekly basis. And okay. so uh, we've got a pretty smooth setup to keep all of each other informed. But fortunately, my job is a bit of a silo. I can pretty okay. much work 
independently and yeah. what I'm doing usually doesn't affect anybody else. Yeah. Um, and I usually get an email if it's going to. They, yeah. they kind of know, hey, he's out there, this is what he's doing, and we better let him know that there's going to be some issues some or issues. something. And, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, as a, as a conflict resolution consultant, as a conflict engagement specialist, um, dealing with people in conflict, you know, um, I don't necessarily sit, I'm not necessarily siloed. I mean, I can be, you know, when I'm sitting in my house, you know, I got my workflow set up. So, you know, I'm on the email. I think you said one time, you know, I've got the email attached to my finger like that. And I do, you know, I've got the email attached to my finger. Yeah. You know, I've got the, um, I've got the, the, the Facebook messenger going. I've got all those kinds of different screens going. Um, sometimes moving through eight different screen modes in one screen all at the same time. Um, using a lot of Google Cal and, and all that. You said, is there a certain specific program that you really, really like that you found is really like, yes, this is, I'm going to use the term, this is balls out the best like project management tool I've ever used? Oh, goodness. Um, no, I don't think so. I'm using a lot of tools. Um, uh, I, I have used a lot of tools, um, and it really depends what we're talking about, but um, I, I, I haven't found anything that's... Um, that's lasted through all the different kinds of projects I do. So there's always a different tool for a different project. Right. Um, you know, whether it's e-commerce, you know, does it need to be a package solution yeah. for an enterprise? Yeah. Which you know, I'd be thinking IBM, IBM has uh, WebSphere, which is a fantastic commerce suite that you can spend a hundred grand on or more. Mm-hmm. Or um, a much lighter version of it too. Or um, are we talking open source? I've used uh, OS Commerce, uh, which is, has the whole content management system built in, um, or um, you know Hootsuite for my own personal yep. um, management of social media. Oh my gosh, I love Hootsuite. Hootsuite's great, oh uh, but you know there's lots of tools out there, and, and and they all have a niche. And I haven't found something that that is a daily. Oh, I have to have this. I have to be using this. Um, it depends what I'm doing. If I'm working on my own social media stuff, it's Hootsuite. If I'm working on some other tool for some other business, uh, it might be something that's really geared towards them that that, that uh, works for them. Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about, um, you know, where does your inspiration come from? And, and let's talk a little bit about, you know, the inspiration that you have for doing, you know, you've got some movie scripts. you got this whole creative side to you as well. You know, you write movie scripts. You're just arguing or making an important point with my producers, you know, about uh, about Star Wars 7, I believe it is now. I, I'm losing track of the numbers. But <laughs> Star Wars 7, you know, and that's how that's another level that you and I have connected on is love of film. I mean, I'm a huge film guy. Um, I believe in the ability, the ability to tell stories um, and really to do that well. Sometimes, you know, I land really well with the story and, I, and I'm able to tell that. Um, other times, you know, it just goes off, you know, into the sunset somewhere and it just doesn't work. So talk to me about, you know, kind of where the inspiration comes from for doing what you do, because that seems like a total, like, 180 kind of over here thing from the, I say, get up in the morning, I do my tennis, and then I go sit in an office, and I'm, you know, categorizing 150,000 <laughs> 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 So, like, how do, you, how do you make that switch? Where does the inspiration come from to make that switch? It's passion. It's about passion. It's about interest. Um, when I first started working with GMI, it was because I really wanted to understand how to research and investigate companies. Okay. And that informs me as an investor. Um, I'm, an, I'm currently participating in the investing process uh, in stocks, and uh, I wanted to know more about how to dig in to corporate filings and understand them better. I thought, what better way than to start working with a company that specifically does that, pulls all this information together, scores it, how can I start understanding their business better? That tells me how to start understanding other businesses better. And we did also say that we're not going to talk about your tax returns. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's not talk about Let's that at all. Let's not talk about that at Let's all. Let's not talk about that. But passion, you know, for me, uh, it does express itself in so many unique ways, and I've always just wanted to follow that. So musically, I played saxophone in uh, uh, pre-high school. Okay. Um, I played guitar in high school. Um, I like to sing. I was in a band uh, for a number of years called the Tidal Waves. Okay. Uh, yep. they, they are a retired band at this point, uh, but uh, I was with them for maybe five, six, seven years, and uh, uh, you know, love music. And musically, I'm extremely eclectic, so I love all kinds of different music. Love film. Grew up my father bringing me to the movie theater at age two. Um, I think at that time. 
I'm not sure which film it was, but uh, well, that would have been Star Wars, I believe. So I think my first film was Star Wars. Star Wars. And, uh, Closing, and the <laughs> Closing the loop. Closing the loop. And, and, and so many films. I mean, we were at the movie theaters. Uh, if we weren't skiing, uh, because we did that growing up at, on weekends, uh, we were at the movie theater. And so, um, and among other places, on Mountain Place and whatnot. But um, so I, you know, it's all about passion for me in, in writing. Uh, I discovered that very early on. I don't know how, really. I mean, I, I remember before high school just writing things. My mom kept these things, so I've got them now. Um, I'm very fortunate my mother is a collector of, of her child's things. <laughs> Being only child, I'm sure this is the reason. Yeah, you know? this is the reason. See, I have, I have three siblings, oh. so I'm, I'm lucky that I get, I, I, I anything got left. <laughs> You know, my older sister was like, this is crap. <laughs> Throw it outside, step on it. My older sister didn't care. <laughs> no, that's terrible. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that, but I mean, I was a visual artist. Yeah. So I saved a lot of my drawings, and I did comics for a lot of years, yeah. and really attacked storytelling through a visual medium. And it sounds like you did it, you did it you know, with the writing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I also like to doodle. I'm a doodler. Okay. So my drawing is, is a little abstract, uh, yeah. although I used to like to draw... I used to like to draw comic books. I used to take comic book covers. I did not know this. And I would, I, at the very beginning, I would trace them. So I'd take trace paper and I'd trace them. Yeah, and then, that's a legitimate then, way of doing it. And then I graduated to, I'm going to freehand it. And yeah. I started freehanding them. And some of them were very good. But, but then I just went from there more to doodling. And I, I love making sort of strange arrangements of things. You're like the Alan Moore of yes. like IT guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're like sitting in one corner somewhere in a room, you know, <laughs> pounding out this story. You know, okay. Have you ever have you ever you know published any any comic stories? I have not. Stories? I have not. So oh. I have a number of uh, you know. I have. I, I think I have thousands at this point of poems. I have hundreds, if not thousands, of short stories. Okay. And uh, and I have. Um, I only have uh, maybe a dozen screenplays that are in the works. Um, and uh, <clears throat> they are. Uh, I, a lot of the poems are all complete. But uh, but even though some of them are not, and uh, the short stories, I would say none of them are complete. When are you going to get to publishing? When are you going to When are you going to finally? In this you know, I was thinking when yeah. I, I was thinking when I retire and I'm sixty. You retire. Okay. I'm going to start well, going through this stuff, and I'm going to start working on it all. But I think that's kind you're of never ridiculous. Retire. You no, know, you're never going to retire. I think it's kind of ridiculous. There is yeah. no retire. It's just no. do it in flow, and we'll see what happens. Guys like you and I that are in our thirties now, yeah. we're never going to retire. It's not going to happen. <laughs> like that's that's why I'm so passionate about entrepreneurship because. I don't think the promises that were made to us with pensions and you know Social Security, Medicare, those kinds of promises don't exist for yeah. people in their 30s or younger even. And That's so right. we got to strike out yeah. and at least put something out there into the world. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you, I'm from the future. You're not gonna retire. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're not gonna retire. You're gonna be like talking about, you know, you got these thousands of poems. You're gonna be like Carlos Castaneda, you know, up in here. <laughs> I've been talking to a friend of mine who's uh, got a novel he's trying to publish, and he's been working with different publishing houses and talking with them. I've been talking to him about compendiuming, making a compendium. Even a word? What well, is now <laughs> making a compendium out of my uh, out of all my poems and just submitting it and yeah. seeing what happens. So I don't know. It's it's that versus start sending individual items off to Baron or somewhere. Well, you know, I'm I've got my book going um, right now. Hopefully, by the time this podcast gets launched, well, actually, not hopefully, by the time this podcast gets launched, it'll be it'll be out there as well. Thirty five hits, um, and so have you ever thought about? I mean, because I'm I'm going into it from a totally different angle, where because I'm an entrepreneur, I want to be in charge, and I want to break you know a model yeah. that's been set up because that's kind of how my brain works. Self publish, self publish, exactly. And there's no stigma to self publishing oh. anymore. You got Book Baby out there, and you got a number of other places. You got Amazon. Um, publishing writers' content, um, and so with this explosion of content creation, explosion of content creation possibilities and, and distribution channels, self-publishing is no longer a dirty word right. the way it was when we were kids. That's right. Um, so, have you ever thought about going in that direction? I have. I have. Okay. I didn't know nearly as much about it as you do. So yeah. maybe I'll be coming to you for that. Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe maybe that's one more thing we'll be uh, we'll be connecting on. Well, um, what do you? What do you do for fun? Like you said, you, you were in a band, you know, and so what do you do for fun? What do you do to kind of, you know, shake the cobwebs off after you've been sitting for three days, you know, <laughs> with, with 150,000 data points and you haven't seen the sun? Like, what do you do to shake off the cobwebs now? Well, I think... Because I it think, was a defunct band, so you're not playing in a band anymore. 
Well, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm actually, right now I'm learning piano. Okay. So that's my next instrument that? that I'm tackling. I always wanted to do that. I love piano. Not the sort of like, you know, nuns across the knuckles sort of way. I didn't want to do it like that. No, in fact, uh, our, you know, the, the teacher I was working with uh, initially, she was almost in that camp. She was, she was <laughs> okay. very disciplined yeah. and she, she came from a very disciplined background and, uh, and we ha- I had to, my wife and I had to make the decision, okay, this is not quite working out. We want gentler, kinder. And we're working with a woman now. Uh, she's fantastic. She makes me laugh the whole session through, which is exactly what I need. And uh, I have a great time doing it. I'm learning it. She says I'm learning it in leaps and bounds. I feel very good about it. I'm, yeah. I'm picking it up well, and I'm enjoying it. And uh, so, yeah, no, it's great. So what I'm picking up, what I'm picking up is, is you're a bit of a conflict avoider, is what, is what I'm picking up. <laughs> is that, is that, I would that be an accurate? Would that be a fair and accurate I think it's fair. You know, I grew up in a household that did not shy away from conflict. Okay. Um, fighting was something that you were kind of expected to do. If you wanted something, you were expected to have a loud voice and to be aggressive about it. And um, and I think that in my older age, yeah, I'm uh, I'm starting to want to find ways to connect with people in a more, uh, uh, I'm listening to you, yeah. I'm understanding what's motivating you. Well, now let me see if I can't, in your terms, give you what's motivating me, and let's see if we can't work together and make something happen here. Yeah. And uh, and that's how I'm trying to uh, resolve conflict right. is, is through mediation, through yeah. figuring out what's your motivation, and now can I convince you that my motivation doesn't directly oppose yours as a way right. to make both of this work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I, th- I really do believe in the the connection economy that Seth Godin talks about, um, and Mitch Joel, and, and all these other guys that are you know what I consider I consider to be the um, kind of the really high-end, high-stakes guys in, in not just marketing, but also just in business in general. Um, I think that what they talk about, you know, the collaboration and the connection piece really works for guys, and actually men and women, who are really committed to building that, that collaborative framework. And so I think the, the churches that you see um, that are really, really successful are the ones that have built, regardless of, you know, what your belief system is, the churches that you see are the, are the ones that have, that have really built that connectivity tissue um, and have connected both on social um, and but also connected individually with people in, in the pulpit and in the, in the pew or from the pulpit in the pew. Um, and then you also see that with organizations like uh, 37 Signals is a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, I love those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, taking that one little slice area and saying, hey, you know, this piece of project management that Microsoft doesn't doesn't control, we're we're right here in this niche. Like we're we're here and we're gonna connect with everybody here. It's Seth Godin Longtail. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, I, I struggle with, because people who are aggressive or, or overly assertive are always going to be with us. It's a, it's a biological, genetic, evolutionary function, yep. you know, and so there's no way for us to get a, get past that. Right. Um, and I wrote a blog post actually about this last year, um, which is, was called, um, you know, who will hire the bullies? Like, who's going to hire people who are gr- assertive and aggressive? Because they're not going to go anywhere, and they're going to have families, they're going to have jobs, they're going to need to eat. They're going to need to pay the electricity. Like, who's going to who's going to connect and collaborate with those people? Um, past just trying to get them to fit into a mold. Yeah, you know, and, and how does that, how is that going to work? But for collaborative guys, or, or it sounds like you had the background where you were in that assertive, aggressive environment, and then you you managed to make that switch. How did you, with all that being said, how did you do that? Oh, that's a great question. I'm not even sure I can answer that. Um, uh, I just realized. You know, I think through a lot of trial and error, I realized that being overly aggressive uh, can damage relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it can uh, it can really sour things, and um, uh, I just realized that's not what I want to be doing. So how am I gonna how am I gonna start doing something different? I started right. testing. You know, okay, if, if this is slamming people over the head, then there must be another way. Another so way. let me let me ask this person instead of just telling them this is what's going to happen. Let me ask and. Yeah. And I realized, hey, you know what? People like it when you ask, you know, <laughs> yeah, instead do. of tell, you know, <laughs> and, and actually start engaging more. And I, I, you know, I was always a people person, so I think I just started switching over to my people person side versus my uh, authoritarian or aggressive side. Okay. And uh, you know, I still can manage to sort of work between the two. You know, when I know that something needs to be done, I can lay out, hey, this is I need you to hear. This is the clear message that needs to be passed on. You know, we have to get this deadline in. Right. Um, or the repercussions are A, B, and C. So, um, 
now tell me about what's preventing us from getting there and let me help you. You know, what can I do to make your job easier if that's what the problem is? So you can do both. You can come in and say, I got a big stick and we got a big problem. But listen, let's go find some solutions and what can right. we do to win, you know? And Well, when you have a big stick, every every problem looks like it's something to be hit over the head with. <laughs> you know, you know that's, that's the trouble with having a big stick. Uh-huh. You know, that is the trouble with having a big stick. Well, do you find that when you're, when you're sitting in your office by yourself, you have time to be more introspective about that and kind of go over, oh, yeah, you know, I did hit my brother in the face with the stick when I was like five, <laughs> and I do regret that. You have to be disciplined. I remember early on I did not like working by myself. In fact, I still prefer to be out interacting with people. I'd rather be part of a team. Right. Um, but um, I found I had to be very disciplined because, yeah, you can you can do all kinds of monkey time. You can start getting on the Internet and start <laughs> yep. playing with things. And um, uh, I have to be very disciplined and, and not allow myself those luxuries. Um, that, you know, I don't want to be spending time being introspective when I'm supposed to be at work. Right. Yeah. So I, I really try hard not to be. I really try to be focused on the work. And I set myself goals. You know, if I know that I should be able to pull in 10 proposals or 10 companies or whatever the number is, then that's the goal for the day. If I don't make it, I look at, well, what, what, what happened? What prevented me? Oh, well, there was this one company that was really tricky. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's allowed. Oh, you got a call from somebody. You took a call from mom. And... Now you you know, wasted an hour. No, the whole hour's gone. <laughs> well, now you're going to have to spend it yeah. somewhere else uh, yeah. this evening. You better get back on the system and log another hour in and, and get the work done. So, if you want. what are some what are some writers or maybe authors that have helped you kind of maybe navigate that process? Because as I, I mean, as I keep saying, you know, no man is an island. You don't get to. I mean, you don't. You don't figure this out by yourself. And so, for me, I know I'm very much influenced by um, Zig Ziglar. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much influenced by Zig Ziglar. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is fine. Um, I read some of Tony Robbins stuff. Les Brown. Um, huh? Even, you know what, I'll even go out on Wayne Dwyer. You know, I've read Wayne Dwyer stuff. I'm currently listening to a couple of different books of his right now. But I've also, I mean, I'm also reading a book here that I, that I got an advanced copy of, which I can't really get into um, on, on the air right now. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just, just brush, my, brush my shoulders off a little bit. Um, but, <laughs> but... You know, what are some authors or, or what are some, some inspirational, you know, folks where you, you know, like that's a go-to book, you know, what, what are some of those for you in your, in your, even in your workspace? Yeah, there was some, and I, I struggle to remember the author's name, which is ridiculous because he was the CEO of the company at the time, uh, and he's a fabulous CEO. I think he actually had come from GE and, and moved over to IBM. Uh, I want to say Kirshner is his last name. It's okay. just, just terrible. I can't remember, but. Um, he wrote a book, I believe it was That's called okay, Making, the oh, they'll, they'll get it. Yeah. Making Elephants Dance or Elephants Can Dance or something okay. like that. And it was about the idea that uh, IBM was such a big corporation at the time with so many management levels that for him to turn the company around, because they were, they were having some troubles, um, really required him to dig in to all those levels himself personally and get personally invested and get to understand what are the challenges at every management level. And then he could start making management changes, and then he could start influencing with you know, decisions. And um, I, I thought that was a fantastic book. I absolutely loved it. It really struck me um, that he wasn't somebody who sat up in the ivory tower and said, well, I could just see that we just need to make these sweeping changes from here, mm-hmm. and whatever happens, happens. You know, We'll just lay off people. We'll just do some random stop and yeah. you know I know it's a that, random corporate nonsense yeah it's a random yeah. that I know will make numbers work but right. won't necessarily make business work won't actually be customer focused whether yeah. whether your customer is external or internal I mean he looked at it that all of his customers were the managers and he needed to figure out a way to get them to be motivated to uh, do for customers what he wanted to do for them and that was fantastic but uh uh, I'm. I, I was going to start leaning in the other direction of literary authors. Uh, sure. Uh, well, but it was really going to be a bit of nonsense that uh, you know I like Douglas Adams and I like, yes. okay. I like uh, Kurt Vonnegut and, yes. and, and these folks okay. really inspire me to think outside the box because they do. They God bless you, Mr. Me. Rosewater. Got oh. you to where you are today. <laughs> cradle, all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, it's great, but uh, you know it, it does. It, it it allows me to think creatively with any problem. Um, yeah, I just realized the other day I was looking at my, my bookshelf. I have no, like, I, it's been years since I've read a fiction book. Mm-hmm. Like, I switched immediately from reading, you know, books around higher education, which is my background, um, books about student development theory, books about, you know, um, cognitive development, psychological development, behavioral development in, in, in teens and young adults. If I switched from reading all the heavy kind of research-based stuff 
to going into conflict resolution and then reading, you know, Kenneth Cloak um, and a number of other folks um, who are just standouts in the, in the field and reading and consuming everything, Crucial Conversations, um, Kenneth Cloak, Crossroads of Conflict, um, what are some other ones? Oh, Dealing with Difficult People, you know. Um, and so going in and reading all those types of books and then when I started my consulting business, switching right into, now I'm reading business books. I'm reading, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm reading Jab, Jab, Right Hook. You know, I'm reading, uh, you know, Control, Alt, Delete. I'm reading, you know, Building Our Tribes. I'm reading, you know, all that, all these kind of marketing, business, entrepreneurial, Jeffrey Gittimer, The Little Red Book of, sale, of Selling. You know, I'm reading all these books. But fiction, like the last fiction book I read <laughs> was, oh gosh, it was probably, and I, I'm ashamed to say this, it was probably like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been it's been a long time since I've actually sat down and read a fiction book. Like when I want to when I want to get fiction, I go and watch a movie on Netflix. <laughs> That's what I do. That's how like I get my creative juices flowing. I feel know? like for the last few years, I haven't been reading as much uh, books as I have been taking online courses, doing things like that. So Steve Blank, for an example, mm-hmm. he's a entrepreneurship professor oh, I at Stanford, and oh my God. Um, I took a course from him. So uh, you know, when I want to. Now when I want to know something, I'm kind of digging in online and finding all kinds of resources there. And I'm no longer picking up books as much. But uh, yeah, I, I had that whole period where I was reading yeah. all kinds of books. I was reading, gosh, I was reading self-help books. I was reading business books. I was reading, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. But it has been, it has been by 10 years since I've been doing all that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, talk to me a little bit about, um, and because, and I'm going to ask you this because as a, as a conflict engagement specialist, the core of my business is really around built around Christian principles, um, but I believe that um, you can take those and apply those everywhere and everybody can benefit from them without necessarily bringing the God of the Bible to, to those people. And there's a lot of audiences that I talk in front of where, or that I present in front of, um, that's not the, the appropriate place to bring that up. But sure. you can bring the principle there um, and really activate on that principle because it's universal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, Hinduism, you're, you're are you practicing Hindu, or is that just like your belief system that you've like adopted, or how is how is that? No, uh, neither, neither, okay. neither. Uh, so that my wife uh, uh, is Indian by descent. She was okay. born here in New York, um, but her parents were uh, born in India, okay. and, and they are uh, Jain. Okay, uh, Jainism and Hinduism are very, very similar to each other. Okay. Um, some believe that one came of the other, but regardless of how you slice it. Um, there's a lot of beautiful principles there about how to treat people and um, and and, uh, and how to live your life. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, I, I certainly can talk a little bit about it, but I'm not uh, yeah. I'm not a follower of the religion. I don't uh, I don't practice it. Um, I I have uh, I was raised uh, Protestant, um, so I went to church um, and uh, uh, learned a lot about the Bible, um, read from passages all the time, but. Um, I uh, uh, I stopped going um, to at least the congregational church that I grew up in um, by the time I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, my wife and I attend church, but we attend uh, a universalist church, mm-hmm. um, and I've uh, for the past twenty years been picking up things from all religions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like some principles out of Taoism. Mm-hmm. Um, I like principles out of. Um, uh, well, I do like principles out of Hinduism, but mm-hmm. I also like principles out of, um, oh, goodness. Um, I had another one that's really been influential in my life, and it's going to uh, it's going to run away now. Buddhism. Um, it was Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Buddhism. Look at that. Thank you. You, were holding, you were holding it. You were holding it. I was holding it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, it, you know, how does that animate how you approach the conflicts, then? Like, how does that... Is is that is that what tells you? Hey, you know, you just switch from a sort of an authoritative to collaborative here in this situation, or is that is, is that something that doesn't even get into the it doesn't even get into the conversation because you're going off of kind of a, 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 a brew of everything that's inside of you. I would your say past experiences and everything. Yeah, I don't. It's not like I have one particular ethos of thought sure. that says, okay, this is how I'm going to inform. I mean, I'm more coming maybe from a moral stance that I want to bring a lot of integrity. To okay. this person, I want to be really open with this person. I want them to understand me, and I want to understand them. Okay. Uh, so I want to investigate what it is that's motivating them, and understand what their what their passions are, what their problems are, um, and then I want to uh, bring solutions, and I want to share with them 
hey, here's where I'm lacking, either in knowledge or in skill, but here's what I can do. Mm -hmm. um, and when I think you reveal to people who you are, um, your faults as well as your strengths, uh, and, and you show them how committed you are to them, uh, it enables you, it enables the relationship. Um, and I don't think that particularly comes out of any um, religion, although I think you can find all kinds of stuff from all religions that inform on that. Mm -hmm. uh, everything from doing unto others, you mm -hmm. know. Um, uh, Which it, is an animating principle that, that human services consulting and training has, and, and it's an animating principle um, that I approach um, working with people in conflict around because it, so much of um, so much of what I see in conflict is do as thou will. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do to you what I can do to you. The Greeks used to say, you know, the the powerful do what they will, and the weak suffer what they must. Yeah. That's a paraphrase, I believe. That's from uh, well, I'll be correct. It's probably Aristotle. I don't know. I got a lot of Greeks jumbling around in my head, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's an animating principle of power, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. one of my favorite shows on TV, well, on Netflix right now, is um, is uh, the Borgias, um, and it is just astonishing to kind of see how how power, um, even in a fictional drama where everything is kind of over the top, um, and it is some of the most over the top writing ever. And I, you know, I was tweeting at uh, Larry Cohen, one of the staff writers on there, about you know, kind of how I, I do. I admire the language and the over the top writing. It's just kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, you know, when you're sitting there and you're looking at it, you think, I think, you know, these animating principles of power over then filter down to everybody else in society and in culture. So you have some poor literate guy, you know, who's beaten his wife, <laughs> you know, because that's what he sees um, reflected back to him from the society. And then you've got her, you know, putting her kids out or, you know, abusing her kids or not being able to give as much love as, as she should be able to give. Um, and so I, I wonder um, how many of the, what, what kind of animating principles um, do you find really work towards that that collaborative piece sort of getting to that collaborative piece and you, and you said you know you're not looking at one particular thing it's just part of that brew it know? is but i know that there are lots of little things in that brew that are helping me you yeah. know i think of tai chi for example i took martial arts okay. um several different styles and, and so i think I. about i think about tai chi yeah. and i think about how using energy that's coming at you uh sidestepping it but then you know bringing it past you working with energy that's already there. Okay. Um, so if you know that a punch is coming, if you can right. step and then grab the wrist and pull it, you're right. now magnifying your strength of pulling that person, and yep. you're going to have leverage, and you're going to have... And, and I don't know that I specifically ever thought in a conversation, I'm going to Tai Chi this person right, <laughs> right. now. <laughs> right they're, now. <laughs> they're telling me that they want to go do this, and I'm going to make them think that that's what they're doing, but they're really going to get what I want done. Right. I, it's not that happening for me, but I think that... Um, yeah, then you're Borgia. You go full. You go hashtag full Borgia. You can't go full Borgia. You can't. You can't go full Borgia. You can't do that. You get in trouble when you do that, Darren. But I know that there are principles at work for me like that that are happening for me, and, mm -hmm. it, and it's a result of looking at all these things. If you think of the Tao, they yep. think of that being the way. Yep. And a perfect example is um, if you're a butcher, um, there is a perfect way to slice that cut of meat mm -hmm. that the knife will slide through with almost no effort at all. And that's the way that the knife should go through. Right. And you need to find that way as a butcher. That's, that's your task, is to find the way in life. It's a metaphor for life, that you should find your way through life. But it's the way. It's the, when you're in the way, wow, that sounds like you're in the way, but when you're practicing the way, yeah. Uh, everything is falling into place. Everything is with ease. You're not struggling to perform because you are you are performing at peak. You are performing yeah. with with no obstacle, and um, and uh, and so those principles guide me, but don't necessarily inform moment to moment. Right. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's let's switch gears. Let's talk a little bit about um, something else that that I find fascinating um, about you. Oh yeah, I did I did the research. So, and this is something you, you told me that, that fascinates you, and it fascinates me because I'm a big fan, I'm a big, I'm very interested in game theory. Now, everybody who's going to listen is now going to, you know, basically send me every link, single link on the internet about game theory, and I don't, stop that, I don't need it. But, <laughs> you really just stop. Um, no, it's already happening, and I can hear the clicking happen. stop. <laughs> but, um, tell me a little bit about playing poker. 
Sure. And how how do you because that's that's another side. That's that's a, that's a really competitive piece right there. Absolutely. You know, you got I guess you got to get that assertiveness somewhere once you're like redirecting Absolutely. the energy. Absolutely. And so you're redirecting it to the poker table. I have a whole bunch of things I like to do for competition, tennis, uh, chess. I like to play pool. I like to play poker. Um, and, and sure, I mean, I don't want to get into the math because there are books out there. You can go read Doyle Brunson's uh, Super System and all kinds of great books. I've got yeah, don't, whole, don't send us links. I have a whole <laughs> shelf full of books on poker that, I, that I've uh, read or skimmed. And, um, and so there's lots and lots of great math that you can use to understand what's the percentage at this moment. I've got four players at the table. Uh, I know what my cards are. I know what cards I've seen, if any. And I can do some quick math and say, you know, my percentage to win is 48%. But now we can kind of forget all that and say, what has this person to my left been doing all night? Well, I see that they've been calling all the bets no matter what. Okay, so that's what kind of person they are. I, you know, maybe you can't get much more information on that. But the next person, I know that they've been bluffing. I've seen them get caught several times. So you can start to put together um, a profile. And I'm a profiler of people, so I start to build a profile, and I start to understand this is what the people at the table are like, and then I just have a gut read based on all that information. It's just a gut read, and it's not always right, but it's right enough of the time that it makes it very satisfying to play poker for yes. me. You know, I win a lot, and I enjoy it a lot, so uh, I, I, really, uh, I really get a kick out of it. I've, I've managed to win tournaments to get on TV, and I've played on TV. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, uh, what is that like when you play on TV? I mean, I mean, I know the cameras are there, and you know, there's the makeup, and then there's the producers, and there's a Kraft Food Services truck over there by the, you know, blackjack table. Oh goodness, that's, that's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not nearly as glamorous as all that, but that, that sounds wonderful. You know, there's some, there's I need to get bring to that you a turkey sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, you got, you're got watching this guy, he drew on the last flop, and this guy, he's sweating, and you don't know what's going on. You know, I thought I'd be really nervous, but um, I I, uh, I had a chance in the green room, if you will. It wasn't so green, but I had a chance in the green room. The to, room. Yeah, to talk to the other players and just yeah. strike up general conversation. And just through that, I immediately began to get a sense of what people were like, and I thought... I can relax. People are very exposed here, you know, and I, no one is putting on a really strict face. So I got my strict face on, and I really didn't let anything out, and I really played um, uh, well. I mean, I made it to the final table, which was uh, a few episodes, and and uh, I didn't win, but uh, I had a great time, and uh, I, you know, I beat a lot of people, and I felt yeah. really good about it. So. Um, uh, you know the cameras. You don't even notice them if you're if you're not nervous and you're just paying attention to what you should be paying attention to, which is the cards and the people yeah. and um, and yourself. You have to self-examine. What am I doing right now? What image am I putting out to everybody? And you want to switch that periodically. So I might start by by calling everything, and I want people to think, oh, he calls everything. That's who he is. And then later on, I'm going to be doing something completely different to try to get people to think the one thing but play off of that and do something different. So are you more like Matt Damon or Ed Norton in Rounders? Oh my goodness. approach. Oh my goodness. Or John Turturro. I love John Turturro in that movie. You know, the grinder. He just comes in and he grinds. Now you know that they're making another film. I heard this. I don't, you know. Let's hope. With is the, De Niro the, in it? I don't think. You know, you know the, the era of Hollywood being moribund with ideas. Oh, stop. it's ridiculous! It's, it's terrible. Like, it's ridiculous. It's horrible. And then Shia LaBeouf is stealing stuff. And I probably mispronounced that. Um, is stealing stuff from people and getting caught out on the internet. I saw that the other day. <laughs> I don't know who I most like in poker. I really don't. Um, I know. Well, you got those three archetypes. You got you got John Turturro, who's the grinder. I make my rent, and then you got oh, you know you no. got. You know, Matt Damon, who loses on a huge hand and then is, like, driving a truck at 5 o'clock in the morning because <laughs> his life sucks. And, um, you know, Molly, I can't remember the actor, actress's last name, but she's, like, this lawyer. And she's like, I don't want you going out to the poker table ever again. Exactly. And then you got Ed Norton, who's, like, taking all these risks, going and playing poker games with union guys and getting his almost getting his fingers broke. Uh, yeah, I know. I haven't, uh, you know, I've been nervous. Uh, I've been leaving poker games uh, at 2 or 3 in the morning. And with a giant pocket full of cash and yeah. thinking, I'm going to get clubbed around the corner. That's <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. All the guys who left here yeah. as they were losing, they're all standing around the corner somewhere. And no matter Tai Chi is going to help you out with that. No. <laughs> no. No. So, uh, but I've never been in that situation and uh, and I, I don't, you know, I guess I'd like to be the Matt Damon character, okay. but I I, uh, I don't know that I, because uh, I don't, you know. I or don't, maybe, you're, maybe, maybe you're more like George Clooney and Michael Clayton. You know, you just show up 
And you place your hands and then you leave. I think yeah. that's a lot more where I'm at right now. And then your car blows up randomly while you're looking at your beer. And I'm, yeah, of, yeah, thankfully. Yeah, because yeah, you're a fixer. You know, that's you're it. coming to fix things. That's it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that movie. It's great. <laughs> I watched that movie. I mean, it was it was during a, a really terrible period um, last year um, when I went home for uh, for a week with my uh, with my mother because uh, my grandmother was in the process of, of passing away, um, and my mother never watched it before. And she just you know wanted to get a break, and, and you know she's got the, she's a lawyer, so she's got the legal background, and then you know I've got the mediation background, the conflict resolution background. So we're sitting there and we're comparing notes and we're putting our stuff together. That's great. And all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and she's telling me what I don't know, and I'm telling her what she doesn't know. Oh, that's <laughs> and, great. And, you know we're going we're going back and forth. Um, but the the poker piece in in, in there, you know, because he was coming out of the, the warehouse and the industrial sort of. Uh, setting yeah. with that with that ridiculous coat on, <laughs> ridiculous gambling hair coat. <laughs> but he's always gambling in movies. Like, what is it with these guys? I know who I'm like. Daniel Craig in Casino Royale. Okay, that's who I'm absolutely okay. like. Okay, all right. My producer just gave the thumbs up. <laughs> that's who I'm like. Okay, I'm either right. crushing or I'm getting crushed. Okay, and when I'm getting crushed, I'm going to use that to my advantage. Right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna learn. You know, I'm gonna crush. Are you are you a person who looks who looks at the arc of kind of a failure to success and then success to failure, or are you one of those people that just kind of wallows? And I ask this just from an entrepreneurial perspective because as an entrepreneur, I find that um, on a lot of projects, I'll launch them and then if they don't work, I'll, I'll start to I'll start to wallow a little bit. Um, and I try to keep a next another project. I always keep a project in the holster. Yeah. That way I can go back to that project and start working on that. That way I don't wallow. Um, but you said you know you're either crushing it or you're getting crushed. I, like does does poker help you with the entrepreneurial piece overcome um, that? Yeah, it probably does. But I I do similarly to what you do. If if I have a project that stalls for me, yeah, I move on and 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 I, I do know that I'll come back. But only once I have understood my failure, only once I have understood what my plan will be going forward, and until then, I'll let it sit and percolate. It's percolating. Percolating. So if I've you know been working on a personal website, for example, that's been that's been very stale, <laughs> or if I've been working on five blogs and they're very stale, and you're laughing because you know that this is the case with me. <laughs> I've seen these five blogs, <laughs> and they're very stale. They're very stale. <laughs> I'm not going to come back to them until I'm ready, until okay. I'm really going to get committed, until I'm really going to have a plan. That'll happen when you retire. Well, that would be perfect. That would be something <laughs> to do. Something I'm going to need something to do. <laughs> something so. to do. Hey, what the heck? No one's going to be listening anyway. No one's going to be reading. What the heck? Why not? Exactly. <laughs> well, um, we talked about poker. We talked about screenwriting. Um, we talked about your creative side. We talked about a little. We touched a little bit on your, your love of computers and, and your your ability to build. Um, you know, I've gone to you um, for, for some advice um, around building, um, which I, I took your advice and I did not go down the dark hole of, you know, Satan and, and I just be bragged. And anyway, my computer is working fine now. <laughs> so, you know, I took your, took your advice. Um, doing an entire rebuild is, is not, it's beyond my capacity. There's just certain things that are beyond my capacity. As an entrepreneur, there's things I just take off my plate. And that was one thing I took off my plate. Very smart. <laughs> you Very know? smart. Like, no, I'm going to outsource this to somebody else. <laughs> I'm not going to hire myself. <laughs> Um, but we talked about computers. We talked about that goofing off on the internet. What do you do to goof off on the internet other than look at pictures of like, you know, welcome to Maine, you know? Oh, you know. Posters. So geektyrant.com is one of my favorite sites for media. Okay. Um, I'm constantly getting you know information about video games and new movies and rumors and all that stuff uh, from that website. But there's a whole slate of websites that I like to use for. for uh, Are you on Ain't It Cool News? I've been on Ain't It Cool. It's been. A what long do you think time. of Harry Knowles? I mean, what do you think of that guy? I, Smart, really he's smart. You know, really? because he's 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 got a huge following, so obviously he knows what he's doing. But it's the talkbackers. The talkbackers make that site. Yeah, whether or not he's, and they're and they're uh, ridiculous. Well, he's he's obviously got them enticed. So <laughs> I haven't been to that site in years, but I, I, I used to go. I used okay. To be, uh, I go back there occasionally. Um, you know, like Quint is still on there, and yeah. a couple of other guys. I, I think or I think he's still on there. Um, but a couple of other guys with the talkbackers just make it for me. I'm just, I, oh know, my god! Because these are people with like a compendium of pop culture knowledge in their brains oh yeah. before the internet came around, oh and yeah. they're just they're cracking back and they're making allusions and they're connecting things together, and you cannot get out of there. <laughs> just like losing your mind. It's <laughs> you fun. Know? And eventually, you have to stop. You have to stop. You have to stop looking at geeks. Oh you yeah. just have to. You have to go away. You have to oh do yeah. something else. Oh yeah. Because if you keep looking at them too long, it's like the sun. You stare at too long, you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I, I love all kinds of websites. I, I'm, I'm a fan of science, so I follow some science blogs. Okay. Um, I like, uh, um, oh goodness, there's just so much, uh, so many different things that I like to look at on the internet. Um, but, uh, um, well, okay. I mean, you know, when you when you come up with a few, we'll, we'll come back and ask you again about them. <laughs> yeah. I'll be prepared. Well, you'll be prepared. You'll be more prepared for the moving off on the internet question. Okay, it's okay. We're gonna move on. So, <laughs> Quora. Quora. We Quora. talked about that. Quora. We talked about Quora. We talked about. Quora. It's a great site for answering questions that people are floating out there. Or you yeah. can float out your own questions. Um, and uh, I find that the, the the community there tends to be really smart people because they they downvote you if you don't give a smart answer. Yeah. So those people are drummed out and, and intimidated and, and, you know, shunned by the community. <laughs> but you, I see a lot of CEOs in there. Ashton Kutcher is an active participant on there because wow. he's uh, he's been in the startup community in Silicon Valley for the past, I don't know, seven years or so. Really taking that Steve Jobs role. I had no idea that he was yeah. actually that active. That was before the role. You that know, was five years before the role. He was he was already doing that stuff. He was actively putting his money in with startups. He he was meeting people. He was getting into the scene. And then when that movie role came around, he was dying for it and got it. And well, you know, I, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it, but I read the I Wal- the Walter Isaacson book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm fascinated by Steve. I'm not fascinated by Apple products, but I am fascinated by Steve Jobs just as a person and as a personality. Um, um, and so, you know, I, I wonder kind of how much of him, you know, filters through, you know, that entire startup land. And, and clearly, after Ashton Kutcher is coming in, a lot of it is. I bet he got an iPod in his, in his, in his back pocket somewhere, you know, or some other Apple product. So, well, I mean, it's, it's good to know that Ashton is putting his money where his mouth is and he's more than just a pretty face. That's right. good to know. Right. You know, nice to know there's life after that 70s show. I haven't seen any life since the 70s show, so we'll have to see on that still. <laughs> My last question is, um, you know, well, actually, I, actually, I want to ask you a couple of questions to close. Um, is there anything you'd like to promote today? Anything that you're doing that you got coming up that you want to promote, you want to talk about? Books, podcasts, well, uh, more abundant websites, I, you know, I'm a blogs start- you haven't touched in years. I'm a startup <laughs> entrepreneur. I'm actually working yes. on a startup right now. Uh, but I, I would love to work with anybody who has something going or needs to get something going and just needs some fresh perspective. So uh, I'm, I'm totally open for networking. I would ask people to get at me on LinkedIn. Uh, find DarrenMcDonald.com. It's M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D-D-A-R-E-N. And um, happy to connect. Happy to start working on things with people, even just from an idea perspective. Um, but uh, but I've certainly got some projects in the pipeline, and I'm looking for talented people. I'm looking for system engineers. I'm looking for um, sales executives. I'm looking for... Uh, and, and, and actually... With some contacts that I'm making right now, I could probably get other people connected who aren't even related to anything I'm doing. So I'm always looking to put people in touch with other people and get things going and watch magic happen. So um, I, w- I would just encourage anybody who's thinking about anything that they want to partner on to give me a show. Well, and you know, the reason I asked you on to this podcast for our inaugural, inaugural, inaugural um, podcast is because I know you're a high energy guy. I know you got a lot of a lot of things going on. I know you got a lot of connections, um, both deep and, and broad, and so you know I wanted to bring you on and make sure that people could really get a hold of you and really figure out how to connect with you. Appreciate that. Um, so my last question is, and this is this is really a kind of a challenging one, but I do like to end with a challenging question, kind of just to get people to think. And I think we've done a lot of thinking here in this last you know 60, 60 some odd minutes or, or however long it is that we've been talking, and it feels like it feels like when we talk on the phone, you know, that's what it feels like. You know, we're just going back and forth. But um, when, we, when we think about, this is a challenge question, when we think about the future, and I mean we as in the societal, we the overall we, and I want to know from your perspective, when we think about the future, um, what do we think about? When we think about the future, yeah. what do we think about? Yeah. We think about our place in it. Mm-hmm. We think about our legacy. We think about those around us who we care about. We think about um, things that we can affect change in. We think about the things that we can affect change in. Um, uh, hopefully, we're thinking about what we love. Hopefully, we're thinking about who we love, what we love, what we love to do, and how that's going to change and what we can do about it. Excellent. Great answer. Well, once again, um, thank you, Darren McDonald, for coming on to the inaugural podcast for Earbud Youth.
Um, please download us on the website, earbudu.com. Please follow us on Twitter at earbud underscore you. Uh, please follow us on Instagram using hashtag be part of the show. Um, and uh, we want to uh, we want to thank you for listening. <laughs>